Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To cover all things the NRL, we're delighted to welcome back to the show Brett Kamali. Brett, thanks so much for dropping by on a Saturday. How's your Saturday morning going? No, I'm good, thank you, Daniel. How are you, buddy? I've just actually arrived yeah. at Camden, uh, Kirkham Oval, Camden, actually, for an under-18s match for the West Tigers versus Canterbury. So, beautiful sunny day. It's going to be a 1,000 degrees uh, in Sydney today. So, um, good that football is happening all, all across. And tomorrow, I think it's meant to be hotter. So, good luck to those NRL people. Well, yeah, good luck indeed. Uh, perfect little segue for us to ask you about hot conditions. We were just having a little laugh at the expense of uh, an assistant coach of the Crusaders rugby franchise who during the week on the station uh, described that there was too much sweat on the ball when they played against the Fijian Drua. Did, did you ever encounter issues with that? Can sweat actually ruin a game as as was claimed? We thought it was kind of a funny excuse. Well, I didn't know rugby could get that hot, to be honest. I thought they were just a bit of a slow rucking wall. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I think last night you probably saw a bit of that in the 6 o'clock game. I called the 6 o'clock game for SEN here in, in New South Wales. And it was certainly hot in here, but it seems like there was a bit of drop ball because of um, because of the temperature. But um, we had on Thursday night Mark Carroll, who's obviously the king of Brookvale Oval, former manly legend. He was actually... He got down to his undies in the commentary box because there was no air conditioning in the commentary box at Brookvale. So... Um, I don't know if there was sweat involved, but um, <laughs> but the big man was battling away in the heat uh, in the comedy rock. So not only is it hard on the field, sometimes it's hard off the field. Oh, what about the other commentators, mate? How distracting would that have been? To, and, and, and were they coming off with the items of clothing coming off like slowly in like every ten minute blocks, or did he just like right? I'm losing everything in one go. Well, Timmy Manor was with us last night, uh, who was who was his co-commentator, and he was a bit. He was actually pretty scarred. He said he had a big day off in counselling. <laughs> he was trying to get all the, all memories of um of of his uh, what happened before that out of his out of his uh, memory bank. So yeah, so Timmy Timmy was disturbed. Uh, Timmy Smith and I called it last night, but uh, yeah, Joey Kane and Mark Carroll and Timmy Manor called the uh, the Manly Parramatta game on Thursday night. So yeah, great call it was from the men, but you're right, it would be very scarring memory. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, speaking of the Seagulls, uh, Eels, really entertaining game. You know, 64 points, 34 points to 34. Uh, the Eagles, who um, have started very positively. Well, you know, overall, not just that game, but through the first couple of weeks, what stood out as far as their two and two start? Oh, mate, I think Schuster's been outstanding from 5'8". Obviously, in attack, he's going to be so lethal at left edge. For Manly, he certainly looks like a left edge he used to play for South Sydney. You know, obviously the shapes and the styles and Anthony Seabold being a um, a former South Sydney coach now. Obviously, he's the Manly head coach. Uh, they look fit, Manly. Ola Kawatu, I actually Googled him on Thursday night to see where he was from. Uh, he's a, he's a, he was actually a Parramatta junior, so he's born and raised in Guildford. So it makes him eligible for New South Wales because he's going to be a freak of a back row. He's just a big athletic and made some massive tackles on Thursday night. And, if Tom plays for Manly, the, the, the stats show. If Tom plays for Manly, Manly are probably a you know a, a greater chance of winning, and there's about a points difference of 12 to 16 points for and against when Tom plays for for him in, in what they score and what they can what they don't give away as well. So yeah, 
Tom stays fit, they make the eight, um, and they've had a great start to this season as well. If you want to tune in and, and watch the side every week, the Eels might be a good shout because they score points, but, boy, they leak a few, don't they? They're playing touch footy to yeah. start the year. Yeah, they've, they've, certainly, they've been building for years and years and years about trying to, you know, they've got the grand final, got beat. This year's team's not as good as last year's team. They're rebuilding, but they're, they're really battling, as you said. They leak a lot of points. And traditionally, they always have weak points on the edge. They're never really not one of the better edge defensive teams in the competition, new combinations. I've got to say that the Mitchell Moses um, not signing a contract yet, either for Parramatta or to leave Parramatta, has to be a huge distraction for the football club. They're none mm. from three. They're under enormous pressure. Not you can ride the year off yet, but they're a chance of going none from five, none from six to start the competition. Um, and and then all of a sudden you go, well, semi-finals around the race by round 10 this year because it's this competition this year is the best I've seen for a long, long time uh, in the NRL. It's super close. Um, and, and obviously then if you start really, really bad, then um, if, it's, sorry, if you start really, really bad, then obviously you're going to struggle to... Um, to ruin multiple wins back-to-back because of the closeness of the comp. Yeah, you're not going to get on five or six-game win streaks all that often. You're going to come up against a side who who, who even might be out of form is going to t- has um, enough to turn you over on any day. That's right, yeah. I think, I think we've been asking for this closeness of the competitions. The Dolphins have created this in some regards because there's 17 teams down there in a row, so um, they've had to get 25 or 30 players from all the clubs that are currently here. The good clubs over the last few years have been, well, Melbourne and Penrith have been the best clubs or the best systems for the last 10 years, and the Dolphins have picked the eyes out of those two football sides. Parramatta lost a few players in the grand final. Um, Roosters didn't lose to many days, but there's South lost a few as well, so it's not spread all the talent. So such a good competition that, um, that there's not top sides and bottom sides, and it's pretty, a pretty even competition. Let's talk about one of the big stories, uh, if not the biggest, the Dolphins. The new boys on the block scoring a 36 points to 20 win over the Knights. And right now they are top of the table, leading, leading the league. What a start. What a story, Brett. Yeah, great story. Yeah, you know, Wayne Bennett, obviously they go out and employ the best coach in the, in the competition. Wayne's from Brisbane. He knows how to, how, to, how to win, how to create it. As I said, they picked, the, they picked players from good systems. So that was a great recruitment uh, philosophy. They missed out on a marquee, but they're going to be Reasonably good. Sean O'Sullivan looks like he's about a hundred. He looks like he's about a three hundred game first grader, even though he's only young in experience levels for the NRL, NRL. So he's doing a good job there, and they'll get better. Obviously, they're leading the, the, the ladder at the moment. The Broncos play uh, today. I think it is they have a chance to be equal at the top of the ladder next week. We've got a local derby at Suncorp Stadium between the Broncos and the Dolphins, which will be a sellout, which will create another interesting storyline for the NRL. It's a local a, a rivalry around a local derby. Um, and it's good that if we keep talking about expanding, then the expanding teams need to be successful from the start. And obviously the Dolphins doing that is um, is good for moving forward to potentially another team coming out of New Zealand. Rick Morley is with us as we talk the NRL. You've painted a nice picture of how they've pieced this together, the Dolphins. Um, but how are they doing it on the field? And I guess what I'm asking here is, can they maintain it? Are, are we seeing the birth of something special? Oh, I'm not sure about something special. They've obviously got quality players. They've got, you know, the, the two Bromwiches, Felice Kifusi, um, Gilbert coming out of the Cowboys system. So they're, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're very tough, good senior players. They would know how to compete. Wayne's a very um, disciplined coach. You know, even hear him talking about Felice Kifusi's three errors last night, more than the 10 minutes in the bin. So he knows what hurts you on a football field. And so discipline's a big part of his coach and fitness is a big part of his coach. 
making sure they're happy off the field is probably one of Wayne's greatest strengths as well. So I'm not sure if he can say something special. The thing about the Dolphins is a couple of injuries will really, really hurt them because depth's going to be their biggest problem at the moment. But um, while they are able to go three for three and compete, and as I said, like it was amazing round one when they launched at Suncorp Stadium. They played at their own stadium at the Redcliffe week two. They travel away week three and they return home for Blockbuster next weekend. So it's great at the moment. It will be great. And obviously having six points on the board very, very early will, will certainly help you be in that race for the top eight, which is going to be really close at the end of the year. Well, Brett, you've got a, a great understanding of a startup footy club and how you can maintain that. Of, of course, your time with the Storm, you guys came roaring out of the gate. I think you won 17 games in your first season, championship in, in the second season. Did you see any similarities? Or, did, in fact, do you see, like, hey, back in those days, we had X that you just can't recreate in today's day and age? No, I think they. I think we built the club successfully and correct from the start. You know, John Rebo was the come from the Brisbane Broncos who'd come in in 1988 and was super successful. Glenn Lazarus was a captain of the of AR Football Club who had won two premierships at two other clubs and become the first player in the game to win three premierships at three different clubs. So um, get that correct. Chris Anderson had won the competition a few years earlier the, in Australia and he'd won a Super League competition as well. So you put those three things into place and we were probably a mixture of very similar to what the Dolphins have got this year. So we had a lot of good senior players that come out of probably the Western Reds and then we had, a, oh, you know, I was... I'd played 12 game or 10 games of football in the NRL before I'd gone to Melbourne. So probably got the same similar traits. You've got a big sprinkling of young kids on the way up and they've got a great sprinkling of senior players to manage the team and look after it. And then in 99, we go out and we invest in Stephen Kearney to come across from the Warriors as well, which is a, um, you know, which is then a masterstroke to, to have him be a part of the premiership. Yeah, very similar um, style, or not style, very similar in, in what has happened between the Melbourne Storm in 1988, to, 1998 sorry, to what the Dolphins are doing in this current climate. Yeah, come on, Brett, don't age yourself 10 years, mate, come on. Come on, you're, no, you're still fighting. Foot, That's I, that was the Broncos <laughs> in 88 and I talk about when the Knights come in the competition as a young kid yeah. in Newcastle when I was 12 years of age. It was the biggest thing that happened in my life to want to play rugby league, so hopefully that's yeah. what's happening um, with all those people in that Redcliffe area that they've got a team in their own backyard now. Yeah, see, that's so important. I think a lot of organisations, you know, lose sight of, you know, stars in front of you, a chance to get down to a ground to actually see can make such an impression. Um, let's get to the games tonight. Uh, the New Zealand fans right now will want to know your thoughts on the Cowboys um, and the Warriors. Uh, 7.30 tonight, our time. Uh, the Warriors, one-on-one, um, showed a lot of fight, ticker, and, and defensively. Um, the attacking game... It's has it's looked a little bit blunted, fair to say, through the first fortnight. Would that be fair? But I think they're getting new combinations. It's, I think what the Warriors are doing is playing a totally different style that they've played the last few years. Because you know Webster's come out of the, the Penrith system. I watched them play the first week. I described them, which is the Penrith Warriors, um, and, and they'll eventually get to that. They, that's the that's the key style of football you need to play in the NRL. The Warriors are now have got a taste of it through their own coach and Andrew Webster. Um, he'll he'll bring that to. To them, it'll take time. Uh, he'll then buy and recruit players that can do it and, and play that style of football. So, you know, I'll give you, I'll give the Warriors a wrap. They look bitter in the trials. They look bitter in round one and two than they've done in a number of years. So, uh, I think they're actually on the way up. I think it's been a good signing um, on the decisions they made off the field. Um, you can't just be successful straight away in the NRL, um, especially. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Warriors have come from a. A low point, they haven't made the semi-finals for a number of years, so they're not one of those top eight sides that you just got to add one or two players or a coach that can put the pass on it. So 
Uh, they want, I think they would want to make the eight the next few years. And then on the back of that, who do they need to recruit and how do you become a premiership contender? Uh, but I think they're in the right direction. Just a couple more. How good are the Cowboys? Yeah, they'll go good. They'll go great. Again, super fit, well-drilled, got a genuine number seven um, that just steers them around. Great young players. You know, you talk about what happened in Melbourne in 1998. You talk about the Dolphins now. Well, the, the, the Cowboys have got some class around the park and they've got some players super fit. Um, I remember when last year, I think it was, when Todd Payton picked a fight with Jason Tamalolo and people were like, oh, you can't do that. Well, Jason Tamalolo is actually doing all those one percenters, looks super fit, training really hard. So when the best player in your club is actually buying into what you're saying, it makes everything else you want to do really easy. So I like the Cowboys and I think they're... Um, I thought they underachieved in the semi-finals last year um, for how well they played during the year. So it looks better to have a back this year. And lastly, if there's one other game we need to watch uh, or listen to, is it Broncos-Dragons? Is it that simple? Oh, geez, I don't know what the Dragons are going to create. I, I, you know, let's watch the Broncos because they look like they're, they've turned their whole defensive focus or systems around. and they're, So they've showed some great resilience. Let's hope we get the Broncos going extremely well. Two years ago, the Broncos were the wooden spoon. So that's a big turnaround for the fact that now we could be talking about them leading the competition after three weeks of 2023. Brilliant stuff, Brett. Thanks so much. I know you're a busy boy. Keep uh, keep hydrated in the heat. Hate for sweat to get Thank on your you, microphone sir. or something. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, mate. Take it I don't want to drop the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Cavalli joining us there. Uh, he knows one or two things about the NRL. That is for sure. We really appreciate his knowledge and time here on uh, SENZ, a part of the SEN family in Australia.